Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it will bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 74, 75, and 76. Psalm 74, as we're starting off today, it, um, it's a psalm of Asaph, and we're going to see a lot. We're going to see a lot more psalms that of other psalmists. Uh, psalmist uh, now then the majority of which leading up to this have been penned exclusively by David uh, almost exclusively and so now we're getting into a new season for Israel and you know so many of David's psalms were written out of sorrow and uh, deep trials and a lot of them just waiting to see the fulfillment of God's promise um that he would be the king of Israel and he was in the waiting portion while there was a wicked ruler named Saul that was hunting down his life and actually seated in the very seat that God had promised that he would sit in. But instead of uh, taking it upon himself to uh, fulfill God's promise, he was waiting on the Lord to fulfill God's promise. And that is something we all have to do is just because we believe that God has promised us something, or even in Scripture, if we can cling to a promise of something, it is not my place to fulfill God's promise. Even if I believe, you know, it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says He's got good plans for me and plans for me to prosper. Well, that doesn't mean it's my job to go prosper. It's God's job to make me prosper. It's my job to be faithful. It's my job to be a seeker. Actually, in that very chapter, Jeremiah 29, it goes through what we're to do. It says, build homes and plan to stay. You know, plant a vineyard. You know, it's talking about putting down some roots and, and doing the work that the Lord's called you to. And he'll He'll build you up. He'll exalt you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit in the text today as well. But now we're getting into some of these psalms that are going to be, a lot of them are penned by Asaph. Uh, and just and I think the sons of the sons of Korah and just some different people that that are no longer uh, David uh, He'll be scattered in but not as much and these are a lot of them dealing With a time where it felt like they were almost in a drought But not a physical drought of rain but a drought of just God's movement um, and so Before the Holy Spirit was released upon the earth God moved pretty much, you know primarily through his his chosen instruments, his prophets, his priests, uh, you know, the, the prophets were his mouthpiece in which, and he was always looking for a man, you know, almost, a, almost a, uh, or a woman, almost just one person or a few that he could work and move through. And so when those people were to have passed, there would be seasons where really almost it just seemed like God was in, just entirely silent. Now we know God is never silent because he speaks through creation all around us. God has already spoken. Um, and we are to tell of our generations of the things that he's done so that he is never silent, even we, if we can't presently see him moving. But they were in a time uh, before the Holy Spirit was released upon the earth. So we really can't even put ourselves in their shoes of what it would have felt like to have really not heard a fresh word from God. 
really not uh, felt his spirit moving, really not um, uh, felt that there was a lot of hope of what's to come. They were, co- they were completely clinging to the stories that had been told to them. And that was enough for their generation, which should show us the power of teaching our sons and daughters uh, of the miracles and, and the revelation that we have, because they have to carry that for themselves until they see God move in their own generation. And so that's really, i give you a little bit of extra backstory just because it's going to apply to a lot of these passages, is, is that they're struggling because they're seeing a lot of real evil in their eyes. And they're not seeing a lot of real moves of God in their eyes. And uh, while, while, that was, uh, while theirs is extreme, I think we'll also have moments where what we see with our eyes will be sometimes more wicked than righteous. And in those moments, we have to do what Asaph did, and that is cling to the days of old and cling to the times where we can recount God's wondrous deeds and bring those back up to the forefront of our mind because uh, we don't walk by sight anyway. We walk by faith. And so uh, going on, you know, Asaph says, Oh God, why do you cast us uh, off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. And then it goes on later, and it starts to tell just these horrendous details of what's happened to the sanctuary of God. They have set the sanctuary on fire. They profane the dwelling place of your name, bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, and there is none among us who knows how long. How long, O oh God, is the foe to scoff, is the enemy to revile your name forever? So this is just horrendous. You know, they, people, the wicked enemy, that the, uh, someone, uh, some Gentile has come through here and has just destroyed everything uh, that God had established through Israel, specifically torn down of the meeting place of God and, and the consecrated holy place where uh, God would meet with his people. And um, this has all just been utterly destroyed. And we know that this isn't a good thing, and this is not a God thing that it happened, but yet God works all things together for good. And so this was a season with with Israel where they they were everything was being torn down but it was because God was going God was going to raise something something new up you know in in its place and there are seasons where uh especially with Israel but even with us where God will take his hand off of the the situation for a while and, and let it fall again because we need the humbling and there were, you know as well as I do if you studied the old testament that Israel was constantly in need of God's humbling because they were always relying on their own strength. They were making of idols and worshiping of idols time and time again and forgetting about God and intermarrying and intermingling with other cultures. And they were just so quick to become lackadaisical and complacent about loving the Lord their God with all their heart and all their mind and with all their soul. And when that would happen, God actually in his love would often let the enemy come in and raid them and ravish them and tear down uh, everything because they they what they had built was on on sinking sand anyway if that makes sense and so sometimes God does that in in his infinite wisdom and love and so it doesn't make it hurt any less and it may not even been a sin of their time they may have been dealing with something really their fathers and mothers had had done and now they're just 
you know, licking the wounds and grieving of the brokenness of, of the current state of Israel. And so they're just going, man, this is just horrible. They come in here with a chainsaw. They, you know, they ripped up the whole. Can you even imagine that? You know, your church uh, just being just destroyed and by wicked people and set on fire and just in, just just incredibly horrible. And so, but then uh, there's a turning point, as there often is in, in the Psalms, uh, where then it says, yet God, my king, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the you divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day. Yours also is the night. You have established the heavenly lights and the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. And so, wow, what a powerful exaltation that is. And, you know, the, the thing that I was thinking about as I read it is that's some of the most powerful language I think I've read, we've read so far in the Psalms. Like, the, one of the most um, extreme exaltations, you know. Uh, they're all beautiful. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you, you know you've, you split the water and you, you know, you pulled me up from the pit. And, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all a blessing to me. But this is some of the most extreme language I feel like we've read of really, you know, you divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the water. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing stream. Yours is the day. Yours is the night. You know, I, And I feel as though there's a real spiritual principle in here is the harder my situation is, because their situation was hard, okay, the more difficult it is, the greater the need and the higher that I need to exalt God. You know, and so the deeper in the pit that I am, the the higher I need to reach and the, the greater I need to exalt God. And the more passionately I need to stir up my own soul again unto remembrance of the mighty works of God. You know, you know, you know it's like uh, Leviathan. We talked about Leviathan a little bit when we were going through Job. There's only five mentions of Leviathan. Scholars are pretty divided on the meaning of Leviathan, some say crocodile, some say a whale, some, some say, you know, uh, fictional or mythical creature. Um, some say, you know, big fire breathing dragon. Uh, I'm probably almost to that point. I, I think <laughs> just because I think this is something just uh, massive and, and probably something that Asaph had, had not seen but had faith in uh, from stories of old. Of just God's power and so what is he really saying it's not really important the nature of what Leviathan is but what he's saying is you're greater than the greatest thing that we know you're stronger than the strongest thing that we even make mention of you are bigger than the biggest thing that our forefathers had ever even seen you ripped it in a part in two and why is this necessary because they're up against the battle of their life and they're losing. They're getting utterly destroyed. And this would be a time of depression. This would be a time of, you know, drinking of hard drinks and wine and waiting to die. But instead, Asaph goes and says, well, hang on a second, God, this sucks. But you know what? Hang on a second. You're the God who ripped Leviathan apart. You've been tearing up sea monsters for <laughs> from longer than I've been alive. You've been, you know, splitting rocks. You've been, you know, th this is a, this is an exaltation of God of great, of great avail. And 
what a, what a powerful thing that would be for us to grab a hold of that as we're going through and understanding the harder my situation, the higher I need to exalt God. And, you know, he, I mean, there, he said, you, you've established heaven and the sun and you've fixed the boundaries of the earth and you've made summer and you've made winter. And so what is this to you, God? You know, what is this to you? A couple of punks coming in here and setting fire to our, to our church. This is nothing to you, Lord. Rip them in, rip them apart. You know, be, be the vindicator. And so, you know, this is, this is a powerful exaltation. And, uh, going into Psalm 75, uh, this is another Psalm of Asaph and he says, uh, Kind of along the same record, he says, um, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. That's something you need to practice is the recounting of God's deeds because we go through seasons and you have to remember again the goodness of God of old. You know, and they had to recount things they had never seen. They had to recount things they had only heard about. We have to just recount simply the last miracle, the last move, the last provision. But this carnal nature is so forgetful that all it wants to focus on is what I don't have and what's directly in front of me. And so we have to make a practice of recounting the wondrous deeds of God. And so uh, it goes on, and this is the word of the Lord really speaking here. And, you know, uh, he says, I, I, at the time that I set, uh, I will judge with equity. Um, for not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up or promotion or exaltation. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. And, and so... This is a, a just a psalm of explaining that God is in supreme control. He is sovereign. He is above all things. And, um, you know, this is a psalm that, that, that a lot of us uh, have memorized. and, and uh, Or not the whole psalm, but just that portion of where promotion comes not from the east or west, but from the Lord. You know, that, that understanding of the lifting up, that comes from God. Okay, and that's a, if we lean on the sovereignty of that, it gives you a lot of peace because you'll understand that at the right time, if I'm supposed to be uh, placed in a different position, if I humble myself before God, he'll put me in there. But also as wicked people appear to arise all around me, that at the right time uh, that the Lord has appointed, he'll bring them down to ruins and we just trust in the sovereignty of his timing. So the first Psalm was that Asaph wrote there, Psalm 74, was just stirring his own soul up to remember God uh, and his power. And now 75 is stirring up and remembering almost God's sovereignty and his timing. Okay, God's power, but then also God's timing and his sovereignty. Uh, you know, that, that at the right time, God's going to do this. And then Psalm uh, 76 is, uh, again, another one of... Asaph, and it says, uh, in Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. Uh, the stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hands at your rebuke, O God of Jacob. Both rider and horse lay stunned. And sure, uh, it goes on. And surely the wrath of man shall praise you, the remnant of wrath you will put on like a belt. And so again, just declaring and believing that there is a blessing in Israel, because it's the dwelling place uh, of God. Is Zion? Is Israel? And so a real scriptural principle is that wherever God is, there is blessing. 
even if it doesn't look like it, there will be eventual blessing where the Lord dwells. And so, um, for them, that was something they were clinging to because they go, this is still the Lord's place and He will bless it in due time. And everything that is coming against it will fail. For us today, as we apply that, we, we must know that if I have chosen to make myself the dwelling place of the Lord and allow His Holy Spirit to rest in me by surrendering my life to Him and believing in Him, then blessing will eventually come to me. Okay? God has... He, he will... Bless, there will be a blessing. It's an absolute fact. Fact. It's, it's almost scientific. It's like gravity. It just works. Where God is, there is blessing. So make sure that you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and blessing will eventually befall you.